In the text that calls for our attention this Lord's Day is our epistle reading for today. From Romans 13, here again these words. Besides this, you know the time, that the hour has come for you to wake up from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I would like you to think today of our epistle reading from the book of Romans as a spiritual alarm clock going off at full volume. Now, I don't know how you feel about alarm clocks. I tend not to be a fan, especially at the moment that they go off. But of course, when an alarm clock goes off, you can really do three things. You could simply turn that alarm clock off and go back to sleep. You could hit snooze and give yourself five more minutes of rest. Or you could wake right up and get going with everything. Well, in a very real sense, today you will have those three same options in regards to the message that the Holy Spirit gave to Paul of old and which I proclaim to you this day. But first, let us listen closely to the alarm. Paul tells us that the hour has come to wake up. He tells us that we can no longer go on walking in works of darkness because the light of Jesus is about to come forward in a more powerful way than it ever has before. Jesus is soon to return. And therefore, Paul calls us to walk as though we expect his arrival at any time. We're to put aside the works of darkness that have been in our life. Right before where we started reading, Paul gave a quick run-through of the Ten Commandments. As a quick summary of what the works of light truly are, but then where we began reading, Paul centers in on three types of dark works that God's people are called to leave behind. Yes, when we think of the light of Jesus coming into the world, we are called to put aside each and every dark work that has had a place in our life. First, Paul says that we are to put aside carousing and drunkenness. Yes, we are called to put away those things that can steal away our sobriety and often lead us into other sins. Yes, he calls us away from those things that would make us lose our inhibitions and lead us into sins we might otherwise not be so tempted to. He calls us to self-control. Yes, we are to flee those things that often end up bringing hurt into the lives of the people we are living with, not to mention the harm they can bring into our lives in general. To summarize, we're to put away the party life in order that we can pick up a life of purity. Secondly, Paul says that we are to lay aside sexual immorality and sensuality. This has not been a call that was easy in any age. And yet you and I hear it in a culture that is increasingly saturated with sexuality and sensuality. After all, the things that would have been on late night on HBO just decades ago are now the stuff of primetime network shows. The things that used to be hidden behind gas station counters are now just a click away on the internet to be accessed in the comfort of one's home. 
And those activities that at least publicly were spoken of as being reserved for marriage are now said to be for anyone who consents at any time in any place. And you and I cannot act as if we are not touched by all these changes. Sadly, we're not just watching them, but we are influenced by them. We can be transformed by them. And that transformation, if it goes unchecked through repentance, can bring harm right into our marriages and our families. Lastly, Paul says that we're to put aside quarreling and jealousy. And that means if the mere presence of someone in your life makes your blood pressure boil, well, you should sit down with them and arrange a time to begin talking about what has happened. It means that the next time a matter of controversy comes up in whatever sphere of your life, you should listen as much as you should talk. And it means that if you're constantly feeling down because you look around and it seems everybody has more stuff than you, well, then you need to stop and count your blessings. As a concluding statement, Paul says that we should not make any plans or provisions to satisfy the desires of our flesh. And so if we're given to drunkenness, the bar and the liquor store should be off limits. If we're given to sexual immorality, filters need to be placed on computers or TVs or phones. And if we can't control ourselves when the discussion begins to be had over some controverted issue, well then perhaps it's time for us just to step back and let others have that conversation. And if you're watching on Facebook and see other people's lives, which look so perfect on there, that you're just convinced your life could never measure up, well, maybe it's time to log off for a while. Yes, Paul tells us that we are not to make any provision in order that the desires of our flesh might have their time to do their thing. All of these sounds are heard today as that spiritual alarm clock goes off. So what? Are you going to do about the alarm clock? You could turn it off and do nothing. Just keep sleeping. Yes, you can turn it off and ignore the words of the Lord that have come to you this day. But in doing so, realize you place yourself in great peril. For the scriptures are clear that when Jesus returns, we are to be spiritually awake. If the Lord returns while we are spiritually sleeping then we will not experience the beauty of his arrival or the glorious light that he comes to bring eternally. Yes, persisting in unrepentant sin can turn spiritual slumber into spiritual death. Or perhaps you'll just hit snooze, trusting that you'll have time to repent later. You heard the words today, but not going to take it too seriously or be moved into immediate action. Oh, you'll clean yourself up once you and your friends grow out of your partying stage. You'll live a pure sexual life and thoughts and deed once those desires fade away with age. You'll stop quarreling once you finally get older and wiser. How many people, including most of us, have played this game with God? Sort of saying to God, hey, I need five more minutes of sinning and then I'll get around. To repenting. Again, though, this is a spiritually dangerous way to live. For it can mean again that we are asleep when the Lord returns or when he calls us to our sleep. 
The only choice left is really to do what God through Paul commends to us. Wake up. Yes, we are to wake up from the sleep of sin as the alarm sounds today. Paul says that we're to wake up and then we're to put on Christ. We're not to continue even a minute longer in our spiritual slumber. We are to hear the alarm, wake up and take action. But what action? It would be good that we would start by turning from our sins, by confessing it to God. For it is then that God has promised to bring the fruits of Christ's cross into our life. He has promised to clothe us in Jesus, in his very righteousness, as he forgives us of our sins. Then he has promised us the gift of his Holy Spirit. In order that we might be willing and able to go out and to walk in the works of light, instead of continuing in the old works of darkness. Today, as we enter that season of Advent, we are to let our minds be reminded again that Jesus does come into the world. He comes into the world to save his people. Jesus is called the light of the world in the scriptures. And when he comes into the world, he breaks the darkness like the sun does at dawn. Today, we begin our preparations to celebrate again that first time that Jesus came into our flesh. In that little town of Bethlehem, where his light shone and was reflected in the stars above his birthplace. We hear again today in our gospel reading of that time when Jesus came into Jerusalem, ultimately to offer up his life and then to take it back. And we know that there he shone even though he hung in utter darkness on the cross at Calvary. And finally, we remember that Jesus is coming again. And this time when he comes, his light will shine brighter than it has ever before. He will shine with all the glory of God. He will be that lamp that lights our eternal home with him. And the scriptures are clear that when he arrives, he should find us spiritually awake. So today, the alarm clock sounds in our ears as the words of the Spirit given to Paul make their way to us again. It's time to get up. No, we can't turn off the alarm clock. There's simply not enough time to just hope that we'll wake up on our own. And we dare not even hit the snooze button. For our Lord has promised that he will return soon. No, we must simply wake up, put on Christ and walk in the works of light. May the light of the world shine upon us. Amen.